Okay, it's actually quite a weird thing because um, when I got asked to preach uh, tonight, I actually got an idea of what, well, God said to me, I must preach about God's not boring. That was my initial sermon. So I said, okay, cool, that's quite a nice topic. Um, so you can, while I'm talking, you can think about whether what you, I posed a question to a couple of people in the church and I said, is God boring, yes or no? And why do you say that? And I got some people... Some people didn't reply. Other people did reply. <laughs> but thanks for those that did. Um, and you can just think about what your, what your answer would be. I'm not going to ask you. But think about, is God boring? And why do you say that? And then later on in the week, God actually... And I started preparing. And I didn't have much time. And I started stressing. And then Saturday morning, I uh, go to the beach to go and have a quiet time. And I carry on preparing. And God says, okay, um, take that message and put it to the side and start another message. It's like, what? Are you like serious? Now I've got to start a whole new message a day before the sermon. But I did anyway. And, and God actually showed me that there's, there's and, and some of the, the running around and that kind of stuff is kind of tying with what, what, what I want to really share. Is that, that boring side is, 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 is what I want to share. But it's about adventure. It's about excitement. Um, and... Yeah, it is a message of hope, actually, at the end of the day. That's what, that's what I, I want to give, a message of hope and, and a, a message of strength. Before I start that, let me just pray for us, and then, then we can get going. Dear Lord, I just uh, I thank you for this time, Lord. I thank you for the worship, Lord. I thank you for generating a bit of excitement inside of us, Lord. And I just pray right now that you, you, just, you just give us a calmness in our heart, ears to hear and eyes to see, Lord. You've got something to say to each one of us, and it might be something different for each one of us, Lord. And I'm just trusting now, Lord, that you just come, or that we allow you to just come and sit next to us. Almost picture God sitting next to us on the chair next to us and just, and, and, and just whispering things into our hearts. And Lord, I just pray for that for each and every person this, this evening, Lord, just, just that we can hear your whisper and we can take hold of what you have to say to us. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so I asked myself the question, is God boring? And, and, and I asked a whole lot of people. Um, there's some statistics. There's a little graph there. Just put that up. That, that's what, I don't know if you can see that really, but there's a big blue, blue patch there which says almost a quarter of the responses I got were actually telling me that it's about the relationship that God has with a person. That is why they say God is not boring. They're saying God is not boring because of the type of relationship God has with them. That, that was the majority of the answers. There's a couple of other answers there which, oh, I can't even see it, but um, some of them were about his creation. I think um, the gray patch there is about creation. So you just look around and you can see God's not boring. He's like created so many things. He's creative. So that, that was a big portion of the answers as well. Um, another portion was about miracles. That green patch there is miracles. God heals, God does miracles. And, and people said those, 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 those things are what makes them say God is definitely not boring. Some other interesting answers, I actually asked my mom when I was down in Cape Town, and uh, she, said, she sent me a WhatsApp back to say that, um, uh, well, Jesus turned water into wine, so it's like, yes, I like that answer, because um, I enjoy a little bit of wine every now and then. And, but then she said also, she said, he's not boring because he created me. She's talking about herself. So, I mean, if you look at yourself, you think, well, I'm unique, you know, how can God be boring if he created me? Um, so, yeah, there's a couple of cool answers. If I think about God being boring, think about the Bible, think about all the stories, think about everything you learned in Sunday school, parting of the Red Sea, 
um, a valley of dry bones, getting up and standing up and coming to life. Um, uh, a stick that um, turns to a snake and then goes back to a stick. Um, it's just endless things. A person getting eaten by a whale, just think about that. You go swimming out in the sea, whale chows you. Three days later, the whale spits you out and you're still okay. I mean, that can't be boring there. It's like seriously hectic stuff. People, dead people rising, you know, people that are blind seeing. I'm still waiting for my eye to see, so I'm, 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 I'm yeah, this guy's gonna still got to pray for me every time he sees me. And, and, and there's just like endless counts in the Bible of stuff that is like hectic stuff. And, you know, if you read the Bible, you cannot, cannot say God's boring because there's just so much, so much exciting stuff and adventurous stuff happening in the Bible. So, if you think about East London now, there's an advert for East London. Um, I think every now and then if you drive up past the river building, there might be a sign there every now and then. But um, the province, the Eastern Cape, is a, a province of adventure. That's what, that's what they, the tourism, East, Eastern Cape tourism is saying, is we, we're, a, we're a, a, a region for, um, for adventure. Just put that, um, George, just put the, that Eastern Cape adventure, yeah. So I don't know if any of you have seen that. So... Our tourism yeah, in East London is saying um, Eastern Cape Adventure Province. They've got all this bungee jumping and shark diving and all this stuff. They say, come to the Eastern Cape because it's adventure. And I want to, I want to tell you that, yes, I'm going to share some things that I'm quite an adventurous person. I want to share a few of those stories. But then I also want to share that there's so much more in being a, a follower of Jesus that makes it even more adventurous. And people should be coming, flowing to this church to say, that I want an adventure, I want an adventure. And that's what we, we need to try and get out. If, if nothing else, try and make your walk with God more of an adventure. So my adventure, there's a, a little collage of things there, some odd pictures. But um, I've been surfing and there's been sharks in the water, living life on the edge. That's why Andrew doesn't surf anymore, apparently he's scared of the sharks. Um, there's a shark. The great white at the bottom, the shark cage diving and like lying there with your feet out there, testing fate to see. Um, in the middle there, there's parachuting. I've, I've parachuted and the parachute kind of didn't open very well and I had a bad landing as well, but I'm still here. There's bungee jumping and micro, micro lighting and snowboarding and all these things. So um, I like speed. I've driven a car at 240 k's an hour around the corner already, all that kind of stuff. So... I've got some big angels hanging around me to keep me here still. Um, but, but, but all of those things, there's memories for me of all these adventurous stuff. I can remember all these things. But then if I, if I think in the last, last few years, um, I've been a Christian now for about 22 years. The, the first half of the year, there was quite a few cool things, but the, the last part of my Christian life has been like hectic stuff. It's just like blowing my mind. And, and, and if... If, if I think about it, when I started as a Christian, I, I was involved in youth ministry. And you can imagine, it's a hall a little bit bigger than this. We decided, and the church I was at had pews. Okay, so we take all those pews out, move all the pews out, and we had a, a fat party. As the youngsters would say, a sick party, you know? I don't know if some of you all know what I'm talking about. All the guys like us, we don't talk like that, but uh, the youngsters say, it was sick, man. And we had this mosh pit. Anyone know what that is? We, People just dive in and they, they, they become crazy. But it's all Christian people just praising the Lord and going crazy. And, and, and stuff like that, it's like that, that, that sits in my head a little bit more than, than some of these things. Um, if you go to the next slide, you'll see a couple of things that happens on missions. Um, 
First top one there is worship. We had, we had, I've had one or two like seriously radical worship experiences. That top one there was in Rio, in Brazil. And, and this guy with a saxophone just played over us and, and God's spirit just came upon us like you cannot believe, you know. Um, at the bottom there, that's in India. You'll see we running around in the train. I tried to get a train going here this evening, but not, not many people wanted it. Just the front row were kind of going. So we need to be doing that in church, yeah. I mean, they, if, you, if you had to zoom in, you'll see the faces, those people, they are smiling, they're having so much fun. And the most amazing thing was we couldn't communicate with one another. They couldn't speak English. Not one of those people could speak English. But God's spirit came, and we just had a fat party. Language barrier or not. We had an interpreter, but I mean, just connecting with the people. God's spirit came, and, 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 and it was an adventure, and they were just so blessed. Um, on the top right as well, that's a, a church in India that we, we preached at. And apparently it's like a place you're not supposed to preach because you kind of get taken out as a Christian. But it's like, yes, cool, we'll do it, you know. And, and I had the privilege of preaching at, at that service. It's like we didn't, had no fear or anything. It's like, yes, we're going to do this. Um, bottom there, that big tree. I had an opportunity to, to preach in Zambia under that tree, and it just felt like so much like Jesus' days, you know, preaching to the people under the tree. It was like just amazing. And what is actually quite amazing with that is five minutes before the service, the pastor that we were visiting there said, you're preaching today, aren't you? And I said, no, I, I hadn't prepared to preach. But he said, you're preaching now. Like, no, I haven't prepared. He says, oh, we've got five minutes. Go prepare. It's like, what? <laughs> and... And that middle patch there, you'll see me just sitting with this guy with his arm around me. It looks all very chilled, but that's in, in Tanzania. I did a mission trip in Tanzania, and it was, for me, it was a, a shift in my, my walk with God. We arrived there with everything prepared. This is what we're going to do. And then that whole program got thrown out. So we had a whole week of ministering to, to um, university students. That was our our target, about a thousand students that we had, to, we had to go and visit all these campuses. And then God said, okay, well, everything you've prepared, forget it. Start anew. It's like, oh, yeah? Okay, so what are we going to do? So I asked God. Now I'm the leader, so everyone's asking me, what are we going to do? You know, anyone, everyone know Pinky and the Brain? What are we going to do today? Same thing we do every day. Rule the world, yeah. So, so they all ask me, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? What are we going to do? And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. And, and then I just got to wait. And I said, okay, God, you've got to like, come through now because I've got to stand up. None of the other team. I've got to stand up and say, hello, everyone. This is who I am and this is what we're going to do. And I had to just trust God to be led 100% by spirit that as I'm walking up, God's giving me a message to share. And that's like blew my mind. It was like beyond, it's actually difficult to explain, but it was it's like coming here without a sermon prepared and just be able to preach a sermon. And it was like a whole week of that. So got, those kind of things, are, to me, are actually more exciting than bungee jumping and shark cage diving and all cool stuff. But it's, 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 it doesn't make as much impact on me as, as these cool stuff, these adventurous stuff, these exciting things. Um, so if you haven't been able to do any of those things, praying for a person and seeing them being filled with the Holy Spirit or praying for someone and seeing them healed, you know, just do it because that's going to excite you. That's going to build up excitement. So if you're lacking a bit of excitement, just, you just got to step out and say, okay, well, I want to do some of these things, you know? It's like I want to go bungee jumping. I, I want to go pray for someone. There must be the same kind of, kind of uh, excitement about it. So, yeah, so that, that's the excitement part I want to show you. But now one of the, one of the stories 
Um, oh, there's a, go to the next slide. I don't know if you can see that, but you saw the Adventure Province, Eastern Cape Province of Adventure. I, I want to I say that it's uh, knowing Jesus is the real adventure. So for the adventure of a lifetime and more, come visit Shofar Church East London. That should be the sign there instead of the Eastern Cape Adventure sign. So you can go and tell all your people, this is, this is where the real adventure is. Invite them here. Invite them to, to the morning service. Tell them this is where the adventure is. But then, then we, need to, we need to be sure that the adventure is here. We need to be experiencing that adventure to invite people to come join the adventure. We should not have enough space here for people in the evening. People should be like wanting to come. Yeah, I want to come, I want to come. So, so God actually led me to one of those stories which are, were quite exciting out of the Bible. Um, and that's the Valley of the Dry Bones. Has anyone read that before? Some of you have read it. Okay. What I'm going to do is I'm going to read it. Um, and then I'm going to go through the six, six different principles out of that story that I, that I want to share with you. Um, and you would have seen that the title of my sermon was uh, God's Exceedingly Great Army. Massive great army. And that's what we are. We, we are all God's army. And I want, that, I want us to stand up as that army. And there's a few principles for us to take to be able to be that, to be that army. Okay, so what I'm going to do... For some reason, I decided to bring my Bible this time and not my phone. But I want to set the scene with the dry bones. So now you can start visualizing the story. There's, there's the dry bones. So look at that for a few seconds. And then I'm going to ask you to close your eyes while I, I share the story. Just to try and visualize the whole, the whole story. Okay, let's, let's just close your eyes while I, while I, while I read. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley, and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around, and behold, there were very many in the open valley, and indeed they were very dry. And then he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, O Lord God, you know. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the word of the Lord to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live. Then you should know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And suddenly a rattling. And the bones came together, bone to bone. Indeed, as I looked, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them. But there was no breath in them. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man, and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds. And breathe on these slain that they may live. 
So I prophesied as he commanded, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood upon their feet, an exceedingly great army. Awesome. You can open your eyes again. That was just a bit of visualization. Try and, try and picture the scene. It's, like, it's something out of Lord of the Rings almost, if you, if you think about it. It's, it's supernatural and um, almost abnormal to think of something like that. So if you look at the, 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 the first part, I'm going to take it from the first part. The first part of that verse, verse 1, says, the, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley. It was full of bones. Now, when you think of the spirit of the Lord, now, in those days, in Ezekiel's days, so this is in Ezekiel 37, if you want to go and read it up later on. If you think in those days, God chose specific people to speak to. He didn't speak to all of us. He chose specific people to speak to. So he chose to speak to Ezekiel. So Ezekiel was in a place, in a relationship with God, of such a nature that he could, he could hear God. He could see what God was showing him. And, and, and that's sort of a picture for us to be, that we need to be able to hear God and see what God is, what God is doing. We're also quite fortunate today. Those days, God chose one person, prophet, um, different people. He he chose specific people where today we we can hear God's, we can all hear God's spirit. Not so? Okay. Jesus came down, but he said when he left, he says, I'm going to leave you my spirit. So if you you read the the next verse that's up there in Acts 2, 1 to 4, it says, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, They were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven and a rushing, rushing mighty wind. Does the wind sound familiar? Same wind that we heard now? Rushing wind? And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then he appeared and appeared to them, divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each other. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. So when Jesus left, the Holy Spirit came down and people were filled with the Spirit. And that's the Spirit that we need to to connect with to start our journey. Any journey that we're having with God, we need to have that connection with God's Spirit. So we we need to to receive the Holy Spirit. We need to um, know the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we don't know what... You know, the Holy Spirit is a person. Did you know that? The Holy Spirit isn't just a spirit floating around in the sky. The Holy Spirit is a person. So you need to have a relationship with that person. So you need to understand. You need to know the Holy Spirit. To understand the Holy Spirit, and you need to then hear from the Holy Spirit. And when you're doing that, then you need to see what God sees. Like Ezekiel saw what God was showing him. He saw this vision. Ezekiel saw the vision, so he's seeing what God is showing him. We need to see what God is showing us. Okay, so, so the first part is, is to have that spirit. So <clears throat> before, before we leave tonight, I want, I want to make sure that, that you've received the Holy Spirit. So as I'm talking, kind of think what God's telling you inside. If, if, there's, if there's a spiritual awakening you, you need, if you haven't received the Holy Spirit, then, then we, want, we, want to, we want to pray for that, the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Um, even if it's that, that vision, they're not being able to see in the Spirit, then, then, then we want to pray for that. So it's very important. You can't, you can't, you can't continue with your walk for God um, and can't be effective if, if you don't have that, that spiritual connection to start with. Okay, so if you have that, then the next thing in this, in this verse, this, this story, 
it talks about is revelation. Okay. So at first says in the spirit, then it then it then it talks about revelation. So so um, in the New Living Testament, it actually says it nicely. Verse two, it says, "He led me all around among the bones that covered the valley floor. They were scattered everywhere across the ground, and they were completely dried out." So God leads us. We we need to be led by God. Ezekiel, God took Ezekiel and said, "Ezekiel, come." Come with me, Ezekiel. Come, come. Show, let me show you. Look, walk through these bones. Walk through these bones. Look at these bones. These are all dry bones. Come and come and check these bones out. If Ezekiel stood in the front, he might not have seen that. So God takes us, takes us somewhere. So we need to expect God to take us somewhere. We need to expect God to lead us somewhere and show us something that He's seen that we don't see. So if we if we just sitting back, nice and comfy in our chair, we're not going to see what God's showing us because we're not. Going with God. You're not being led by God. So it's, so it's important to be led by him. Also, he, he wants that, that revelation. So when he leads us, he wants to reveal certain things. He might want to reveal more of him. So, so when he leads us, he's going to lead us to a revelation of who he is, who God is. Each of us need to, we can never, we can never know all of God. So we, we, every day we've got we to gotta, we gotta work towards I want to know more of you. I want to know more of you. So we need to get that revelation of who he is. Sometimes we need revelation of who we are. Sometimes we, we don't really know who we are. We don't, we don't know. Maybe we, we don't have the confidence as a Christian we don't, to go up and pray for someone or to go speak to someone about Jesus. And, and we need to say, okay, God, who, who am I? Where, where, where am I? Where do I fit? So we need to get that revelation of who we are. Sometimes we need to get revelation of who someone else is. And that's the stepping out. So you might, you might need to or want to or need to pray for someone. And you, you're going to need God to lead you into a situation where you, God's going to tell you something about someone else. Tell you something about someone else. That it could be something like a word of knowledge about someone that there's, there's a, some pain in their body that, that, that God wants to heal. That no one else would know other than God telling you. Or it could be a prophetic word over someone saying... God is, wants to encourage you with this message and a prophetic word over them. Or it could be a revelation about what's happening in our city, in East London, or in South Africa. Um, you'll see Angus Buchan does that a lot. He gets, he gets revelation about things that are happening in our country, and he prays into it. So, so God reveals things to us, so we need to be open to receive that revelation. Then this, the story goes on. So we, we've got revelation now. But then an interesting question that God poses to Ezekiel um, in verse 3, it says, um, he says to Ezekiel, son of man, can these bones live? So he's posing the question, do you believe that there's hope? Just to put it into context, um, at, at that time that this, this vision occurred to Ezekiel, the Israel, Israel nation was in exile. They were bad. They didn't follow the covenant. They broke the covenant with God. They were in exile. They had all kinds of bad stuff happening to them. And they were thinking, oh, woe is me. I'm not going to get... We, as a nation of Israel, we are finished. We sunk. We're not going to... We're going to be slaves for the rest of our lives, etc. And in the midst of all of that, this vision was given to Ezekiel to give the Israelites hope. To say, don't worry. There's hope. 
God can sort this out. God can, God can bring hope to that desolate situation. If you look at that, if you can remember that picture, that, that picture there of all the bones, that looks hopeless. That looks totally, totally hopeless. You think not even an animal can survive in that, in that area. Nothing. But God says there's hope. There's hope. So, so God asks Ezekiel, look at that, and do you think there's hope? Can they live? And Ezekiel's answered. He doesn't say yes, by the way. He doesn't say yes. He just says I can just imagine him saying, mm, I don't know, but you know. And that's what he says. He says, only you know. So, so Ezekiel, even though he didn't have faith maybe to say, yes, his bones can live, he had faith in God. He had belief in God to say, God, you know. So you can make it happen. And that's what we've got to believe. We, even if we don't really believe something, we've got to believe that God can make it happen. So even if our faith is low in certain things, maybe you're praying for someone and, and, it's, and, and it's not happening, it's not happening, you don't see it, you've got to still believe that God can do it. God knows. God can do it. Even if your faith is a little bit, little bit low, that doesn't matter. Okay, so, so we've got to have that belief and that hope. Then I think one of the other things which this verse talks about is about the whole person. So God always... Um, in this, um, we've been doing the series, The Hem of the Garment, and one of the things that Andre spoke about is the whole person. So we're made up of um, body, um, mind, soul, and spirit. And, and I think this verse also talks about that, that it's also important not to just focus on the spiritual side of things. You've got to look at the whole body. So the verse there talks about um, uh, the sinews and the flesh and then the breath. So it, it's more than just spiritual and you're on the spiritual high and doing all this spiritual cool stuff. God is looking at us as a whole person. So we, we, need, to, we need to see that our, our physical side of things are, are, are also right, that our emotional side of things are right, and our spiritual side. Because in this story, God gave them hope. But he, he said, well, you can't do it physically alone. You need God's power, his spirit and power to, have, to receive that hope. But it had to take bones um, being put together with sinew and then flesh over the bones. If it was just skeletons walking around, I mean, what kind of hope is that? That's like um, these zombie movies and dead men walking. I don't watch these things, but it's like, that, that, that's stupid then, you know? There's no hope in dead things walking around. There's no life in that. It's only life if there's, if there's flesh and sinew and it can move like, like normal. So, so it's important to, to focus on the whole person. So, so don't get too caught up on being too super spiritual. Also, think about people. Think about emotional connection with people. Think about the physical things. Um, so, so, yeah, uh, whole person. So if you're praying for someone as well, don't just think about the spiritual. Think about maybe the person, there's something physical, emotionally that they need, they, they, they need um, hope for. Some people feel hopeless from a physical defect or a physical thing that they're battling with. Sometimes people are emotionally challenging themselves. They don't feel emotionally right to, to deal with certain things. And that might be God revealing something to you to go and encourage that person on an emotional level. To say, let me pray for you. I feel you, you might be having these emotional challenges. And step out and maybe do that. Okay, so the, 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 next, the next part is, so we, we've gone through the spirit, okay? We, we, we've gone through um, God leading us, okay, into revelation. Okay, we've we, we spoken about the, um, the uh, belief and the hope that God gives us and the whole person. Um, the next point is about the purpose. So why is all of this, what, what is this whole story actually supposed to tell us? 
And, and if you read it, in verse 6, it says, I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall live. And this is a portion now about the purpose. Then you shall know that I am Lord. So this whole message here is to bring God, of who God is, that he is Lord. He is in control. He, he brings hope. He has the power to make these things happen. So this whole, this whole vision here, it, it's all very cool that these bones are coming alive, but why? So wh- why? why? What, 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 for what purpose? So if you bring it back to that army that's underneath there, if, if we are part of this army of God, then we've got to say, who are we fighting for and why? We all, we all, we all, if you're giving your life to Jesus, you're in the army whether you like it or not. Some people might just be on the forefront. Some people might be a little bit further back. Some people might be in the camp just preparing stuff for the, for the people so when they come back injured, they can repair them, give them food, or whatever. So, but we're all part of this army, whether, whether you, you believe it or not. Every single one of us are part of that army. But then we're going to say, okay, what, what are we fighting for? I don't know if uh, anyone yet. Yeah, have you been to the army? Okay, there's two of us at least. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, okay. So, so not many of us have been to the army. I've been to the army, and Dave's been to the army. So with, with any, army, an army, the army is, these days, the army is there to protect the nation. That, that's the, the main purpose of an army, is to protect the nation. So you protect your borders. If someone wants to come over, you make sure they don't come over. It's to protect your nation. I know what you see in the movies. You see the movies, the armies are there to just attack and conquer and get get stuff for themselves, get oil for themselves by killing people and that kind of stuff. still does happen today. Um, but our but main purpose is to, is to, is prote- is to protect. Um, but if, if someone does come in and encroaches and, and threatens our existence, then the army will have to go and conquer them to say, we're going to stop that threat. Okay, so our, our army, this army, our, 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 our purpose is to, is to protect ourselves people around us, and if someone like Satan comes in to want to steal our ground and take people to hell, then we've got to, we've got to conquer that and say, no, you're not taking these people to hell, we're taking them to heaven. That's the fight. Our fight is about heaven and hell in the end of the day. We, we need to fight for people to get to heaven, to know Jesus. And, and the world is fighting, Satan and the world is fighting against us and saying, no, we want to gain ground, we're going we're gonna to bring pornography in, we're going we're gonna to bring all these sexual desires. We're going to bring these movies in that are going to cause people to just do drugs all the time. We're going to, we're going to bring child um, trafficking in. We're going to bring all these things in just to, just to make sure that th- that, that stops that, 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 that main purpose of, of people getting distracted and maybe even um, never knowing God. But the good news is God is love. Okay? John 3.16, God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him should have eternal life. And We've got to realize that, that, that God died. Jesus died. He went to hell and back, literally. He took immense beating. And he did all of that for you and me without condition. He didn't say, I'm doing this, but then you must, you must like, sign up to be a Christian then. You know? I'm not doing this for nothing. He did it knowing that some people will say, no, I see that, but I don't, I don't want to have anything to do with it. He did it knowingly that, that some of us will choose and some of us, some people won't choose him. And that actually blows my mind, actually, to think, to think that someone would do that knowing. I mean, why would you go and put yourself in harm's way knowing that, that, that there'll be 
No thanks even at the end of the day. So so we gotta we gotta we gotta we gotta know who we are fighting for. And you've got to have that passion to fight with the right intentions as well. And what the what the fight is about. Okay, coming to the end of that passage now, once the bones are put together, it still said there was no life in that body. So the the, the bones came up, rattling the bones came up. Sinews came in. I can't show you a sinew. Flesh came on, and then the, then these you got these um, uh, corpses still because it's it's a corpse. It's not a skeleton. It's a corpse. So then the verse says, "No, but there's no breath in them." So they said, "Okay, prophesy breath into them." And as soon as as soon as as soon as Ezekiel prophesied breath into them, then they came alive. So it's God's breath, his spirit came into them and, and then they were alive. And, and that life, if, if you think about life, um, what makes you feel alive? Okay, your heart pumping, you know? Um, one of the things I forgot to mention about um, excitement and all that kind of stuff is even when I stand up, yeah, my, my heart pumps quite a lot. I get very nervous. So uh, I can feel I'm alive now. <laughs> I can maybe put it here and you can probably hear the doof doof. So, so when your heart pumps, that makes you feel alive, you know? When your heart stops pumping, then you know, you, you, your life is busy getting sucked out of you and you're probably going to die if your heart, well, your heart stops, you're definitely going to die. But then there's also something when, you, when you're doing bungee jumping, for example, and you've got to jump out or, or skydiving or any of these weird things, you're getting to this point where, and I've done these things and it's really cool, but I don't know if it's because I'm getting older, I'm like more hesitant to kind of do that. I'm standing there and like holding on, I don't want to jump, I don't, don't want to jump. But... You can feel things are going through your body. And, and there's a hormone in our body which gets generated in these, they call it a fight or flight. Do you, do you, do you fight it or you, do you go with it? You know? what, what, what do you do with it? And, and it's called adrenaline. Everyone's heard of adrenaline. Okay? Some people are adrenaline junkies. Maybe, maybe I'm a little bit of a one because I enjoy those kind of things. <laughs> but um, adrenaline, there's a little picture of adrenaline, I think, after this. Yeah, that, that's actually what the hormone looks like. I don't know, that's just... Google telling me that's what it's supposed to look like. But that's adrenaline. There's another name for it. The doctors will tell me epinephrine, something like that. But anyway, what adrenaline does is it, is it, 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 it creates this, this hormone and it, and it sends messages to different parts of your body to react differently. So it'll, it'll, it'll send blood to a muscle and that muscle will just have, all of a sudden, it'll just have super strength to be able to do what you need to do. Because it sends a message to say, we need all the strength in this right arm now because there's this thing coming down and you've got to block it. I don't know, like a gladiator kind of thing. But that's what it does. It sends, sends messages and blood to different parts of the body to give you extra strength. Sometimes when you've got adrenaline, you get hurt, you don't feel stuff. So like, I think when I had a bad landing with my um, uh, skydiving, um, my wife heard my fall from... Many, like, I don't know, half a kilometer away, she heard a doof. She thought, whoa, that didn't sound good. And I didn't feel anything. And I stood up, I'm, I'm okay, I'm okay. It's just my pride that's hurt. But yeah, I probably, that's probably the adrenaline that's going through. I said, I'm going to crash, I'm going to crash. And, and that probably saved me from getting hurt. But that's what adrenaline does. It has, it has this, this effect on your body to stop you from getting hurt. And I think God's spirit is the same. God's spirit works exactly the same as adrenaline. When you're in a situation where, where, you, where you need strength, then the Spirit gives you that strength. Same as adrenaline. Sends it through to you. Gives you strength. 
if you, if you, if you need to protect your heart against certain things, maybe there's um, sins in your life that you need to prevent from, from getting into you, then that's what God's Spirit does, is it, it, it protects you. So life, adrenaline gives you lots of life. It makes you feel alive. And, and we need to feel alive as well. Now, the last thing I want to share is about this army. It's all great and, 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 and nice to be part of the army, but any, any army has to, has to have power. You can't be a weak little army, go to battle, and then you, you're just taken out. You need to have power. And to get that power, sometimes you need restoration. It goes with it. You need, you need to be restored into a place of power. There's a verse in Joel where, where it says this, oh, I will restore what the locust has stolen. And, and then it also talks about um, my, uh, creating a great army. And then, interesting, after that, it says, and it shall come to pass afterwards that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. And also on my men servants and maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. I will show wonders in the heaven and in the earth, blood and fire and pillars of smoke. Now, if I just look at those things, prophesying, dreaming, visions, wonders, pillars of smoke, it's like those are, those are really exciting stuff. And that's the time we're living in. Those are the things that, that he will pour out his spirit on all flesh. He has poured out his spirit on all flesh. So we need to be seeing those things. We need to be seeing prophecy. We need to be seeing wonders. We need to be seeing um, um, dreams and visions. Um, about a week or two ago, I had a dream like every second night. I was like, so then I was feeling very old because it says old men dream dreams. So whenever I dream, I think, oh, I'm getting old again. <laughs> Jokes. No, but, but it's quite cool because when I dream, it's like, okay, what, what are you telling me out of this, God? Is, it, is there something you want to share with me? What, what is this dream about? And sometimes... The dreams are, are very um, spot on. God is telling me something. Quite often, he speaks to me in dreams. Um, give you one quick example on the shark thing. I was surfing. Well, I had a dream, and I, f- I had a dream about a shark swimming underneath me. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm, now I'm going surfing the weekend. Then I went surfing, and I was in the water, and then all of a sudden, I just felt cold, not from the water, but just inside. And it's like, I don't, I don't get this uneasy feeling, so I put my hands and feet up on board, and I'm looking around, and I just think, hey, it's time to get out of this water. I don't like being in here. The other surface was like way far away from me, so I was like think, feeling very alone, and I said, no, there's a shark here. Then, then I hear, a few minutes later, I hear this whistle, whistling, whistling, whistling by the beach. So I'm thinking, what are the swimmers? Just listen to these lifeguards and get out of the way, you know? And then I realized, okay, I'm, I'm in an area where there's no swimmers. Swimmers are down there. And I looked around, and they were calling us out. They're saying, out of the water, beach clothes, shark in the area. It's like, okay, God, I'll listen a bit better next time. Get out when you tell me to get out. Or possibly not get in would have been the, the better bet. Eh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, another verse on power. Um, it's good to, to go, and, go and meditate on these verses because we need, we need to capture these to, to, to let God reveal these things inside of us as well. So um, 1 Thessalonians 1 verse 5. For the gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit and in much assurance. So I believe signs and wonders and healings, words of knowledge, prophecy can powerfully persuade the non-believer to believe. So... so 
we're talking about adventure now, okay? Now, we need to, we need to let that adventure bring people to Christ. And, and I believe there's lots of words that have been prophesied over us today about using prophecy, using words of knowledge, using wonders, using miracles, using healings, all of that stuff, really cool stuff. God wants us to use that to bring adventure, to bring excitement. It's not just for missions. I, I know I've been fortunate. I've gone to a couple of missions, and, and a lot of that happens. But it's not only in Brazil and India. And that, it's yeah, right, yeah. And it's happened yeah before. It's happened, yeah. It's happened in, 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 in Beacon Bay Church. It happens next door even. It happens down the road at First City Baptist. It's happening everywhere. And, and we, need to, we need to want that to happen like almost all the time. Say, okay, God, what's the next adventure? What's the ne- We're going to church now. What's going to happen? What, what's, what's exciting in our church today? What's going to happen? You know, is God going to give me a picture? Is, is someone going to, going, to, going to receive a word for the church? Is, is, is there going to be a, a someone who needs healing? And I want to, you can you, opportunity to go pray for them and heal them. You've got, you got to have that excitement and say, okay, I want to be part of this. I don't want to, like the, yeah, I learned a word a few years ago, FOMO. I never knew what that means. But does anyone know what FOMO means? Eh? Fear of missing out, for those that don't know. But I was probably the only one that didn't know. So when, when, when there was like a, a, a missions trip or something and I wasn't going, I was like, oh, jeez, I've got serious FOMO. I'm, I, I want to go because I don't want to miss out on this stuff, you know. Or they're going to men's camp and then I can't go. It's like, oh, jeez, like, should I go? Should I, can I make it or not? I'm going to miss out. Uh, and that's what, that's, we should actually have FOMO every week. Coming to church, it's like if you can't make it, like, oh, jeez, I'm missing out. I'm missing out. I'm missing out on some adventure or some excitement that God has got for, for, for us today. So yeah, I, I, it's just a, a simple message that I wanted to share, but I want you to go back and read that verse, that, that scripture in Ezekiel 37, verses 1 to 10. Look at that story. Look at that story about how God gives hope, how God makes us into an army through, through His Spirit. It's important for us to receive and, and to be overflowing with His Spirit. It's important to have revelation. Revelation about God, revelation about yourself. It's important that, 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 that you, you believe and you have hope. It's important to have your whole body intact. In that God is, God is worried about, he's concerned about a whole body. See, it's important for, for, for us to, 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 to be able to, to just have the power to be able to, to, to live life and to be alive.